this is um, uh, September uh, 2015 uh, uh, Believers meeting and for those of you for our new friends uh, we just completed last month um, a series on the power of Thanksgiving and there are a lot of other teachings on the website that are free so you're free to go there and just go to the, the podcast page and the archives tab and just <coughs> tap down. It's all free and you can get caught up with us. Amen. But we're starting um, we're starting um, something else new today. We're going uh, to turn to Mark chapter nine. <coughs> Mark chapter 9. Hallelujah. to him all things are possible to every Christian is that what he said Mark 9:23. if thou canst believe all things are possible to every Christian he didn't say that did he no. how about if he all things are possible to everyone who goes to church is that what he said? No. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Let's say this out loud. All things are possible to him that believes. Again, all things are possible to him that believes. One more time. All things are possible to him that believes. Believes what? <coughs> That all things are possible. <laughs> in this, in this, yeah, in this case. Um, so when it comes to receiving from God, this is a very vital question: what you believe. I mean, people say I'm believing, but what are you believing? That's a very vital question, and we're not going to. Uh, that's not the subject today. Hopefully, we're going to deal with that before uh, our last meeting of the year. But believing is involved, and we should be interested in believing the Word of God and getting in faith. Because according to Jesus, if you'll believe God's Word and you'll get in faith and stay in faith, all things are possible. That's, in my Bible, that's red letters. So we, we, we're big on what Jesus said, aren't we? Hallelujah. Just look at the next page, or maybe one page over, Mark 10, uh, 27. Mark 10, 27. And Jesus looking upon them saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Let's say this out loud. With God, with God all things are possible. possible. One more time. With God, all things are possible. 
Uh, here he says, you know, with man it's impossible, but not with God. So with natural man, there are a lot of things that are impossible. Uh, even the so-called experts, you know, in their, their field. And sometimes you have to watch out for the experts. But it shouldn't surprise us when natural men uh, tell us, no way. It shouldn't really surprise us when natural men say incurable. It shouldn't really surprise us when natural men say, you'll never be able to pay that much money back. It, it shouldn't surprise us when people say, it's too late, it's too far gone, it can't be resolved. You know, this relationship died a long time ago. It shouldn't surprise us when men say it's impossible. All they've done is tell you it's impossible with them. That's all they've said. It's impossible with them. And the Bible warns us about looking to men and trusting in the arm of the flesh. So we shouldn't be looking to men as our source. And it shouldn't surprise us when men say it's impossible. This doesn't mean... walk again. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm going to mention you here in just a minute. <laughs> you're on the right... No, you're on the right track. <laughs> you're, you're, you're right on the right track. But it doesn't mean that it can't be fixed or resolved or changed. It just means that men can't fix it and men can't change it. Uh, so, you know, what somebody said can't happen, can happen. We're believers, and we've got inside information. Amen? Hallelujah. And we run with the God of miracles. So we're not limited to what men can do. God created everything in the natural, physical realm. Uh, it's all subject to Him, and it's subject to Him or her who believes. I don't care if it's sin, debt, sickness, relationships, habits, provision. It doesn't matter. Jesus said there are two people with whom nothing is impossible. He said all things are possible with God and all things are possible to him that believes. The one who created you can repair you. I mean, God, if God created planets, what is repairing a little bit of tissue in your body? You know what I mean? He can fix whatever you need fixed, and if you'll get in faith and believe, you can receive. And like Ann was saying, I, re I remember you telling me that one of the doctors on your case said to you, God can do more for you than we can. Didn't, he, didn't you tell me that? Yeah, he said, God can do more for you than we can. And he was absolutely accurate in what he said. And he didn't say, you can't get better. He said, we can't get you better. That's, what he, that's all he said. He just said, we can't get you better. And, and that was an accurate statement, and it was an honest doctor. To, uh, it took some humility to yes. say that. Yeah. So let's say out loud, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I'm not a scoffer. I'm not a skeptic. 
I'm not, not a skeptic. I'm not a doubter. I'm, I'm not, not a doubter. doubter. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. In my Father. In my, in my father, father, who raised Jesus from the dead, who raised Jesus from, from the dead, it's not too late. It's, it's not, not too late. It's not too big. It's not, it's not too, too big. big. It is possible. It, it is, is possible. possible. Amen. Amen. So if God raised Jesus from the dead by the same Spirit that dwells in you, He can quicken your mortal body, and He can fix anything from your liver to your kids to your finances. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Uh, a well-known baseball player in America coined the phrase, it ain't over till it's over. And I just read this week that he just passed away about three or four days ago. But he, that, that's a famous line that many people use, it ain't over till it's over. And it's just another way of saying it's not impossible. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. It's possible. Now turn back to... Uh, Matthew 7, we'll just run by there quickly. We'll probably come back here in another session, but uh, we'll just run by here. Matthew 7, verse 7, says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be open. So, um, asking is involved, seeking's involved, believing's involved. If you want, I didn't give you the title of the message. <laughs> if you want to give this a message, it's faith that receives. Faith that receives. So all of these are involved in faith that receives. But let's turn back to uh, Matthew 6. So we see that asking's involved, seeking's involved, knocking's involved. <coughs> but that's not the first step. Uh, if I, you know, if I was, you know, if we were to, to ask, uh, you know, someone... You know, what's the first step in receiving from God? Some people would say ask. Some would say pray. Some would say believe. And those are all involved in receiving from God, but they're not first. Okay? Those are, those are correct answers. They're involved, but they're just not first. Now let's go turn back to Matthew 6. Matthew Six. This is what we know as the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus is talking about how to pray. And when he says, um, he starts out in verse 5, he says, don't pray like the hypocrites that just want to be seen in public. And then in verse 7, he says, don't pray like the heathen, heathen with vain repetitions, just praying the same thing over and over, and they think the more they pray, the more God will hear them. Uh, don't pray like God didn't hear you. Verse 8, um, it says, uh, Be ye not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. So Jesus said, Your Father knows that you need some things. And if your father knows you need some things, then you need them. 
Amen? Yeah. <laughs> now, there are some Christian people that say, no, we don't, we don't need, you know, maybe we don't need things. Maybe we don't really need uh, these things. But, but that's, folks, that's just phony religion. You know what I mean? Oh, we don't really need anything. You know, they go out to work uh, and get all the overtime they can possibly get, you know, because they, they have, they need things. They have obligations. They got to pay their bills. You know, we, we need things. God knows we need things. But some people, when they walk into church, they just suddenly kind of go goofy, you know, and all of a sudden they hear some far out message that we don't really need anything and they think okay well maybe I don't really need these things but as soon as they walk out the door they go right back acting like they need them because they do need them so we need you know to drop this phony religious false humility and get our thinking lined up with God if God says we need some things we need some things now somebody else might read this and say uh, see there, God's only interested in, in what you need, not what you want. Well, that's not true. You know, we, uh, uh, what Psalm 23, 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, that's just one scripture. We, we've got, uh, you know, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. That didn't say anything about needs. That's just talking about mm. desires. So... Um, if God says we need these things, then we need to drop this suffering for Jesus mentality. Um, now, verse 8 says, even though God knows we need these things, He still wants us to ask. So asking is important, but it's not the first step to receiving from God. Verse 9 after this manner. Uh, so he's not saying, regardless of the situation, regardless of what the need is, you just go and pray the Lord's Prayer every time you pray. That's not what he's saying. You know, he doesn't say pray this prayer every time in every situation. When he says, after this manner, uh, he means uh, this kind of guideline. He's given us a guideline here. And he says, Our Father, which art in heaven. And it's not like the little boy who said, Our Father was shot in heaven. It's not, it's not our Father was shot in heaven. It's, not, it's our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. So, really first is acknowledging the Father, we address our prayer to the Father. That's what Jesus is saying. We address our prayer to the Father in the name of Jesus. And we're acknowledging His holiness, and we're acknowledging Him as our source. And in verse 10, He says, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, give us is asking, isn't it? When he says, give us this day our daily bread, so we're to ask. But asking's not first. What's the verse before that? Verse 10. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To receive from God anything you receive from God, the very first step. <coughs> Understand the will of God. This is the very first thing you have to know before you ask, okay? You have to understand what the will of God is about this thing that you're going to ask for. Because if you don't know the will of God before you ask, we're going we're gonna to have egg on our face sometimes, you know what I mean? And ask me how I know. <laughs> But we assume, I think we assume that we just assume these things and uh, we, we can't assume. Knowledge of his will has to come before asking him for what you want. And if, if you don't pray, you don't ask, you don't do anything else to use, do step number one. You don't start claiming, you don't start confessing, you don't start sowing, you don't start uh, agreeing until you are settled from the Word of God that you know the will of God about what you're going to ask for. you got to know it's God's will for you to have it if you're going to ask in faith, okay? Because it's not just asking, it's asking in faith. And we're going to get to that later. But today we're going to deal with step number one. Understand the will of God. You must settle in your heart that it's God's will to, for you to have what you are going to ask Him for. That is step number one. Hallelujah. And, and when Christians skip this first step, especially word and faith people like us, if they skip this first step, they get frustrated, they get confused, and they quit oftentimes, and they say, that faith stuff doesn't work. Did they do number one? <laughs> you know, did they find out, you know, did they find out if it was God's will for, the, for them to have it? So you have to put first things first because faith stops at the question mark. Faith stops at the question mark. Bobby, are you actually going to tell us more about understanding the will of God? Oh yes. Oh, okay. oh that's yeah. Right. That's right. That's okay. what we're that's Good. what we're totally focusing on today right. is right. understanding the will of God. We're not even going to talk about step two uh, yet. So faith begins when you find out and understand the will of God and it stops when you begin to question whether it's God's will for you to have this thing or not. The moment you begin to question, is it God's will for me to have this, your faith is going to come to a grinding halt. And that's why you've got to know that it's God's will for you to have this thing that you're going to ask him for. And 
Because if you don't know God's will, you can't ask in faith. And this is why the devil is so interested in, keep, in keeping people questioning the will of God. When you know it's God's will for you to have it, you can ask in faith. Now back to verse 10. Jesus said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. It's God's will that it be done on the earth in your life as it is in heaven. Jesus said, that's God's will, that it be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we have to ask ourselves, how is it in heaven? Are people sick there? No. no. Then it's not God's will for people to be sick here, is it? For any reason. Do people lack for anything in heaven? No. Then it can't be God's will that you lack for anything here on the earth. Now let's turn to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. <clears throat> Ephesians 5:17 Wherefore be ye not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So it's obviously God's will that we know what his will is for us. But there are millions of churchgoers all over the world, entire denominations that preach we cannot know the will of God. We just don't, you know, we just don't know, uh, you know, if it's God's will or not. You just can't know. And they will quote Isaiah 55, God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts. Now let's take a quick little side journey over to Isaiah 55. And let's just deal with that quickly while we're on this subject because folks this is vital I mean this is vital we've got to know the will of God and here in Ephesians 5 7 10, he says we're supposed to know it and understand it so um, Isaiah 55 mm. we need you know people that say that they need to go back and read that scripture again it's Isaiah 55, uh, eight. Eight, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, eight and nine, yeah. Um, now, in order to rightly divide the word, you know, Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, uh, study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word. And when we rightly divide the word, uh, we're not going to get into error. And, and error is the result of error and wrong doctrines are the result of not rightly dividing the word. It's just taking one scripture out of context and building a doctrine on it, which is what many people have done with this scripture. So, in order to rightly divide the word, the, the, one of the principles involved is you have to find out, identify who's doing the talking and who are they talking to. Now there are 
three groups of people on the earth. And every human being on this planet is in one of those three groups. We've got the Jews, or Israel. We've got the Gentiles, which are the unbelievers. Uh, I think the Hebrew word actually is the nations, or Gentiles, unbelieving. And three is the body of Christ. That's the three groups of people on this earth. And every single man and woman on this earth is in one of those three groups. And where uh, two of those groups overlap, there are Jews who are also born-again Christians. So those two groups can overlap. You can be in both groups. If you're Jewish and you're born-again believer, you're in both groups. So we've got these three groups of people. Sometimes the Bible, God speakingly God speaking specifically to the nation of Israel. Sometimes he's speaking specifically to unbelievers. Sometimes he's speaking specifically to the body of Christ. And when he's speaking specifically to the body of Christ, that is the New Testament, the entire New Testament. These are all letters written to Christians. He's not talking to unbelievers in, in the New Testament. All these letters, he's talking to Christians. So this is what we have to identify in order to rightly divide the word. Now look, if we're going to apply this principle, when God said, let me find it again. When God said, um, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Who was he talking to? The Jews. Well, if you go back to verse 7. Wait just a minute. Let's go back to verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way. Who's he talking to? The wicked. God's talking to the wicked, the unrighteous, the unbelievers. When he said... That's, that's who he's addressing here. He's not talking to the body of Christ. He's not talking to the New Testament believer. He's not talking to the righteous. And then in verse 9, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So that is a true statement, that God's ways are not the wicked man's ways. They're not the unrighteous man's ways, and his thoughts are not the wicked and unrighteous man's thoughts. So that's exactly accurate. That's exactly the truth. We're born of God. We have the same Holy Spirit in us that Jesus had when he walked on the earth, and we can know God's ways, we can know his thoughts, and we can know his will. Amen? Because the Bible is God's will, his thoughts and his ways written down on paper for us. And he went to a whole lot of trouble, thousands of years, to get that book in your hand that's on your lap. And that's God's will written down on paper. He also gave us the author of the book, which is the Holy Spirit, to live on the inside of us 24-7. So if God didn't want us to know his ways and his will, it would have been really easy for him to just keep us unwise, foolish, 
stumbling around, not knowing his will. All he had to do was just not give us this and not send the Holy Spirit. And we would have just been fumbling around down here wondering what his will was. But that's not the case. So when people say, you can't know the will of God, they either haven't read the Bible or they haven't read it in faith. It's just some mental, intellectual, religious exercise, and they don't read it as God speaking to them personally. When people say you can't know the will of God, they interpret God's will according to their circumstances and their outcomes. And folks, this is a huge problem. <laughs> this is a huge problem in the body of Christ. With people who, who believe, you know, that you can't know God's will. If they get healed, they conclude it must have been God's will for me to be healed. If they don't get healed, they conclude, well, I guess it wasn't God's will for me to get healed. Because they interpret God's will according to their circumstances. And it never occurs to them that maybe this outcome has nothing at all to do with the will of God. Maybe we just missed it somewhere. And this is how this it's all up to God religion and doctrine just keeps being perpetuated. Because for centuries the word of God has been replaced by Ben's ideas and interpretations of the Bible and that's how these unscriptural doctrines got started and how they continue to be perpetuated. They reason that God is sovereign, he's almighty, and he is in control. That's the way people uh, interpret the Bible and they interpret life, they interpret their circumstances. But this, you know, this is taught in some fashion or form in churches all over the world and it is not true and it is a major reason why Christians are not able to receive from God what they need and desire. If it's all up to God and I don't have any, my believing doesn't have anything to do with what I receive from God, you know, that, that's not the Bible. You know, it's, it's not, that, that would mean, if it is all up to God, it would mean that I don't have anything to do with receiving from God. That I, I have no personal involvement in this at all. If it's just all up to God, that's not the Bible, and, and it's not true. So the circumstances and outcome in your life are not all up to God. When it comes to receiving from God, we have a part to play. God has a part to play. And he can't do our part, and we can't do his part. A lot of times, we want to switch roles. We, uh, you know, we want God to do the believing, and then we want to work out how he's going to do it. You know, and he's the one that's supposed to do it. We're not supposed to work out how he's going to do it, but we want to try to work out how he's going to do it, but that's his part, not our part. So if you or someone in your family has been prayed for and you haven't received the desired outcome yet, that is no indication that it's not God's will for you to have it. Amen?
So don't let the devil dupe you into believing that. Uh, the devil will try to, to get you over into a ditch where he'll tell you it's not, uh, it's not God's will for you to have this. Faith doesn't work. And if he can't convince you of that, he'll try to, to drag you over into the other ditch. And then you, you believe God, you know, and, and you get in faith and it doesn't work. Then he'll try to condemn you that you didn't have enough faith. You know, so he goes from one ditch to the other ditch, you know. So he, he is low down. He is really low down in his attacks. It may just be that you skip step one, and that's easy to fix. That's very easy to fix. It may be that what you've previously been taught in church and out of church has just muddled up your believing about God's will for you. And that's easy to fix too. Um, you know, in Mark 9 over there where we started out, the, if you go back and read that, you don't have to turn back there, but the context there was that this, uh, this man brought his son to Jesus. who had uh, The boy had a deaf and dumb spirit, and he brought him to the disciples for the disciples to cast out. And the Bible says they couldn't do it. And then he came to Jesus and told him the story. And, uh, you know, Jesus said, bring the boy to me. And when, when they brought the boy to Jesus, he didn't look at him and say, you know, there are just some things we don't understand. You know, <laughs> Which, you know, God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts, you know. God's working out some things and you're fat, you know, in this boy's life. We don't understand, you know, all of this. Maybe one day and the sweet by and by we'll understand it. No, he did not say that. You can read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Jesus never, they never brought anybody to Jesus, and he said, we just don't understand these things. God's, God's ways are higher than our ways, and we don't understand what he's doing through this sickness and this suffering, but, you know, just trust, you know, in the by, sweet by and by, we'll know. No, Jesus never, and Jesus never said that. He didn't say when we get to heaven, we'll understand this. He never said that. Our first responsibility is to find and understand the will of God for what we need or desire. Greg, could you kind of uh, turn the air conditioner off or kind of alter it? It's yeah, it's getting a bit chilly now. It, it was hot when we first got here. but So, Jesus paid a high price so we could know the will of God. Uh, this is not talking about anybody in this room, but, you know, there are Christians out there who are looking for a religion of convenience, a no-fault religion. And, and it takes uh, courage to live and walk by faith and desire to please God when everybody else is going the other direction. And you can't be passive and be a strong believer. 
And that's why you're here today. You're not passive people. You, you desire to know the will of God. You desire to please God. You desire to have everything God's provided for you to have. And that's why you're here. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. You know, Paul wrote to, to Timothy and said, Endure hardness is a good soldier of Jesus Christ. But a lot of people are not believing for that. You know, I mean, nobody, nobody's really believing for that. But sometimes, you know, it, faith is a fight. You know, and he said, endure hardness is a good soldier. Uh, you know, in Matthew 7, Jesus said, Broad is the way to destruction, but straight and narrow is the path that leads to life. And he also said in uh, Matthew 18, he said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now that sounds to me like, if you put those two scriptures together, it, it sounds like not a whole lot of people are taking the straight and narrow path of faith. Amen? The, the majority of people are choosing the broad way. The, the religion of convenience. And, it, and, and true Bible faith is a rare thing, folks. I'm telling you, true, real Bible faith is a rare thing, and it is a precious thing. And I believe that that's why God is so pleased when he finds someone who's doing their best to develop their faith and please God, because it is not common. Uh, I heard Brother Hagin say, God will bypass a hundred people to get to one person operating in faith. So we see it time after time in the Bible. So just walk in courage and walk in the revelation you have. Amen? And God's going to give us more. Hallelujah. Now, you know, and, and all the tapes and all the teachings and books and everything, all the faith teachers that I have learn from and, and listen to. Um, studying this is just, this is not a criticism, but it's just kind of an observation. I don't really ever hear them talking about starting out knowing the will of God. I think we just assume that people know. You know, we just assume that people know the will of God before they pray and that or they assume that we've already done this. You know, because most of the, the faith teaching is on believing and claiming and confessing and sowing and agreeing and, and all these principles, they, they are, they're correct. They are all part of the, the faith process of receiving from God. But folks, if you don't know the will of God to begin with, all that other is no good. You know what I mean? That that all the other is is a is a waste of time until you establish in your heart. You got to know that what you're asking God for is His will, and we're gonna we're gonna find out how you can know, and we're gonna have Scripture for it. Amen. So so um, there are only two sources where you can find and understand the will of God. And that's the written word and the Holy Spirit that wrote the word of God who lives on the inside of us. And they will always agree and they will never change. 
God has also given us ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, that we be not unwise, but we know and understand what the will of the Lord is. And until you find and understand what the will of God is about this thing you're going to ask for, you're not ready to pray, you're not ready to claim, you're not ready to confess, you're not ready to sow, or, or none of those other things yet. That's step number one. You have to know. Whatever it is you want to receive, you've got to find out everything you can about God's will concerning that thing. So, what is step number one to faith that receives? Understand the will of God. Amen. Understand, Understand the will of God. Now, Ephesians 5.17 in the Young's Literal Translation says, Because of this, become not fools, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. The New Living Translation says, Don't act faultlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So, I mean, we've all been, you know, We've all been guilty of this. You know, I've done it. You've done it. But we're getting correct. Amen? We're getting on the right. We're getting on the right path. And we're not going to keep making these same mistakes. Amen? Amen. Um, when people say, we just can't know the will of God. It's too high and it's beyond us. Apparently, the Apostle Paul didn't know that. Because he said... He said, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So it must be possible for us to know and understand it. If he says, know and understand it. So we're supposed to find out and we're supposed to understand. Amen. Now, there are some things that you need to know the will of God about that you cannot turn in the Bible and find the answer to directly. Such as, do I keep this job or do I take another job? Do I stay here? Do I move to Newcastle? Do I buy the Ford or do I buy the box hall? Those are kind of decisions uh, and, and things that, that we need to know the will of God about. You can't just turn to the Bible and find out, do I move to Newcastle or do I stay here? So, we talked about being led by the Holy Spirit back at the beginning of the year. We just talked a little bit about it, and you can go back to the website, and you can listen to those again, and we'll, we'll be talking more about that in the future. But along with learning how to walk by faith and receive by faith, the single most other important thing you need to learn is how to be led by the Holy Spirit. So, you find out the will of God in the written word and by his spirit. And your believing has got to be rooted and grounded on the solid foundation of God's word because there are enemies to your faith. Because step two is asking. And after you ask, the devil is going to come in a few minutes or a few hours and he's going to try, he's either going to directly attack your mind 
and tell you, maybe it's not God's will for you to have this. And if you hadn't experienced that, then you're, you must just be starting out to walk by faith. Because if you've been walking by faith for a while, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He will, yeah. And if he doesn't speak to your mind directly and give you 25 reasons why you're not going to get this and why it won't work, he'll send five Christians across your path to tell you maybe it's not God's will for you to have that. And this question mark is a symbol of doubt. So this is why you have to establish from the word of God in your heart that it's God's will for you to have this because a devil is going to come try to steal that word. So you can't, you know, you can't just wish and roll the dice out there, you know, and hope it comes up double sixes. You know what I mean? We, we can know the will of God. Amen. That, that's that's we we need to um, we can know the will of God. Amen. How many times have you heard somebody say it's not God's will for everybody to have the Holy Spirit? I wish I had. You you never. Well, I guess you just I guess I just been in different circles then <laughs> because there are some religious circles. They will tell you it is not God's will for everybody to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. I'm not from the faith, not for now. It was for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some form or fashion. Yeah. Some form or fashion. We were suffering for Christ when Christ had the suffering. Yeah. For us. Yeah. And the book of Acts is full of example after example after example of born again believers who received the baptism in the Holy Spirit as a, um, what do you call it, a subsequent experience beyond the new birth. Yet there are people who tell you it's not God's will for everybody to have the Holy Spirit. How many times have you heard it's not God's will to heal everybody? Oh boy. <laughs> I wish I had the 100 pounds for every time I've heard that. That reasoning is based on something other than the Word of God. And if you're going to follow that reasoning, then you're going to have to conclude that it's not God's will to save everybody. If people are going to follow that logic, they're going to also have to conclude it's not God's will to save everybody. How did you get saved? You found out it was God's will to save you, didn't And then you asked him into your heart, didn't you? But, but first of all, somebody had to tell you, somebody had to read the word to you or, or witness to you that because of what Jesus did, it's his will for you to be saved. But there are people out there, they don't know if it's God's will to save them or not. Well, there are verses you know, all over the Bible of saying it is his will. Absolutely. You know. But the same is true with healing. The same is true with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The same is true with divine prosperity. But, but, but they don't believe that about all of the Bible. They, you know, they treat the new birth special. You know, they, they treat it like, oh, it's God's will to save everybody. But when you get 
to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, healing, prosperity. Oh, well, that's something different. You know, it's, that's not for everybody, you know. And, and, you know, this is not the Bible. It's not God's will that any should perish. The Bible makes that very plain. So we can't use that as an example that it's not everybody's will to be saved because there are people perishing. Everybody's not saved, are they? Everybody's not saved, so we can't use that as an example that it's not God's will to save everybody. And, and, and when someone's not healed, we can't use that as an example that it's not God's will to heal everybody. The Bible makes it very clear that God laid on Jesus every sickness and every disease at the cross. So this is what happens when you get off the word and you start relying on something else to interpret God's will. Now here in Ephesians 5, he tells us we're supposed to find out the will of God. We're supposed to find out what the will of the Lord is and don't be foolish and unwise. Hallelujah. This is why we need to be in the Word. This is why we need to listen to, to teaching CDs. And we need to, you know, let's go back to the website, get the CDs, listen to them in the car, listen to them at home, uh, get books and, and other resources, get them here, get them from other faith ministries, come into these meetings. These are all avenues and all channels God is using to reveal his will to us. I tell you, if there's one generation that, that has no excuses, folks, it's us. I mean, I'm telling you, there are people in heaven saying, would to God we had the resources those people have. I mean, think what they would have done. Think what they would have done if they just knew half of what we have access to. Praise God. So, how many of you would say that you're more settled about the will of God in some areas of your life today than you were just two or three years ago? Are there some? I would. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. So, there's room for more. Amen. We, we can know more of His will. So, let's turn to 1 John 5. What is step number one to receiving from God? Step number one, understand the will of God. So let's go to 1 John 5. Yeah, 1 John 5, 14. Now, this is why knowing the will of God matters and makes a difference. Which verse? Sorry, 1 John 5, 14. 14. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, so there we see the word ask again, but that's not first. Asking is step, step two. But we're going to have to know the will of God about this thing before we ask. 
If we ask anything according to his will, I would underline that in your Bible if you haven't already. If we ask anything according to his will, what happens? He hears us. He hears us. Hallelujah. Now, let's turn this around the other way. What if you read something in the Word that's not God's will for you to have? You know it's not God's will, and you're trying to pressure and push Him and twist His arm to put His stamp of approval on you doing this or having it. Is that going to work? So did you say if you read anything in the Word that's not His will, but the no. Word is the Bible? No. Oh. If you read, if, no, but if you read something that says it's not God's will oh, for yeah. you to do oh, this. Oh, sure, and then you let, ask yeah. for it. Sure. Let's take an example. Let's say the Bible makes it clear that a Christian should not date or marry an unbeliever. Okay? Mm. Now, we know, we know that's that's not God's will. Now, what if somebody is pushing and they're determined they're going to have this? They're they're going to have it this way. They're going to do it. How's that going to work out? It's usually disaster, isn't it? Yeah. But according to this verse, it says he doesn't even hear it. He doesn't even hear it. If we pray something that's, or, or go after something that's not God's will, He doesn't even hear it. So, when you know it's His will for you to have it, you're not trying to talk Him into it. You're not trying to twist His arm to do something for you. It was His idea for you to have it. Otherwise, Jesus would not have gone to the cross to make it available for you because Jesus accomplished a whole lot more on the cross besides making it possible for us to go to heaven. That's part of it. Praise God. I mean, that is the ultimate. Mm. But that's not all of it. Healing is God's idea. Abundant provision is God's idea. Living a life of joy and peace and victory so we wouldn't have to live under the devil's thumb all of our lives down here. That was God's idea. Write this down. We're not going to turn there. Romans 8.32. I'm telling you what, this is, this is the, just about covers it all. He who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how sh shall he not also with him freely give us what? All things. There's the phrase, all things, again. Not some things, all things. Now, you know we strongly emphasize the word around here. And because it's the word of him who loved us and gave himself for us. And when you love him, you should want to find out what God's preferences are and what... Uh, we should desire and that we should desire his will we should we should want to find out what does God will for us to have what are his preferences for us you know um, if he says you know it's it's his will for us to be healed that's his will we need to get in line with that if it's his will that we be blessed abundantly we need to uh, commit to his preferences and get in line with it
Verse 15. And if you know, underline the word know. If you know that he hear us, what if, whatsoever we ask. Wouldn't that mean anything? Whatsoever would mean anything. Anything that's his will. If we know that he hears us, you could say anything that's his, anything we ask that's his will. We know, underline the word know again, that we have the petitions that we desired of him. This is why step one to receiving from God is to find out and understand the will of God. Because if you know that he, you know he hears you because you know you ask according to his will. That's why it's so important to know his will. Because when you pray his will, you know he heard you. And, you. and then it goes on to say, we know that we have the petitions we desired of him. We also know that what we ask for has been granted. So that's why step one is so important to know and understand the will of God. You know it before you see it. You know it before you feel it. Why? Because you know his will about this thing. Because you've got the word is a sure foundation. Or you have the witness of the Holy Spirit. This talks about having confidence. You have confidence in knowing that he heard you. And you have confidence in knowing your petitions have been granted. Because you found out God's will, and you asked according to his will. So that gives you confidence that he heard you, and confidence that your petitions have been granted. That's why this is so important. This is why this matters. Uh, I heard Charles Cap say... Um, the. I, I, if you haven't heard his testimony, you need to hear his testimony. But he said, uh, you know, he was seeking the Lord about his situation. And he wasn't getting some of the results that he was after, you know, when he first started. It was hit and miss. And um, the Lord said to him, you pray too quickly. He said... If it takes days or weeks or months, in the, in the scriptures, find in the scriptures that cover your situation, what you're going to ask for. In his case, he was in deep, deep debt and deep financial problems with no way out. I mean, he borrowed $100,000 just to pay his back bills. And... and uh, the Lord said, you, you pray too quickly. You need to get in the Word and find the scriptures that cover my promises on financial provision and abundance. And then you pray. So the Bible is very clear. It's, it reveals God's will concerning the new birth. It reveals God's will about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, healing, protection, abundant blessing, favor of God. And when you hear a Christian say, 
we just don't know if these things are God's will, we're not sure, or it's not for everybody, that tells you they are not spending any time in the Bible. Hallelujah. They're, they're ignorant of the scriptures. And sadly, that's the case of millions of Christians around the world. People, uh, you know, if you've been walking by faith even for a little while, you've probably run up against people who are not in the word, and they regard true Bible faith as extreme. You're just extreme. Well, folks, to the scoffer and the skeptic, it is extreme. And there were some scoffers and the skeptics in here, and Jesus encountered them everywhere he went. But he also encountered some people in the Bible who received what they needed and what they wanted, and they received the impossible. Isn't that what we started out on? Mm -hmm. All things are possible to him that believes. And there are people in this Bible who received the impossible. They were some extreme people. <laughs> they were not passive. They were extreme. I mean, any way you want to look at it, they did some extreme things. They said some extreme things. Hallelujah. And to the religious mind and to the doubter, it's extreme. When you believe God's word and you will not be moved <laughs> off of it, and you know his will, to these people that don't think it's possible to know the will of God, you, you are extreme. When you say, yeah, I know it's God's will for me to have that, and here's 15 scriptures, why? You know, that's extreme to a lot of people. So, when you run across people like that, rejoice, because you're in good company. Amen? Jesus ran across it everywhere he went. So rejoice, you're in good company. But when you know the will of God, you can quit wandering around. You can quit throwing out aimless, haphazard prayers like a shotgun just hoping that you hit something. This is going to help us aim at, the, at a specific target and hit it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you found it in the Word, the wondering about whether or not God wants you to have it should be over with. Now it's just a matter of asking and acting on the Word and doing the other principles until it's manifested because you know you're supposed to have it. Okay? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, this is, this is powerful. Hallelujah. When you know the will of God, you ask according to the will of God. You know he heard you and you know that it's working. You know because you prayed according to his will. And where do you find out his will? In the Bible. The Bible. And, the and we Spirit. also have the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now let's turn to John 15. John 15, excuse me, John 15, verse 7, Jesus said, ask 
what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Is that what he said? If you remain in me and my words remain in you. Oh, so there's a condition to this promise. Mm -hmm. he, didn't, he didn't say, ask what you will and it shall be done unto you, did he? Mm -hmm. There's a condition attached to this if promise. Yeah, that's the condition to this yeah. promise. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. When I when I have had something serious to pray about, like brain tumors and things like that, I have used God's word, and and then after I've prayed, I get this song: Our oh Lord God, Thou hast made the heavens and the earth, and Thy great power. Mm -hmm. Nothing is too difficult. Yeah, for me. yeah, yeah. And. All that you've been talking about, it excites me because on it, when I do pray properly, I get that answer from God and then... You got the confidence, got, got don't him. you? Yeah, you got the confidence. And, and when I, uh, you know, when I teach on healing, like when I've done like an all-day <clears throat> seminar in that time when you gave your testimony as well, when I do a seminar on healing... This is what I always start with because people have, they have to know from the word of God, it has to be settled in their heart, it is God's will to heal them. And they might agree it's God's will to heal some people, but they may have a question mark, is it God's will to heal me? And that's what matters. It doesn't really, you know, everybody else is everybody else. But right here, they got to settle, is it God's will to heal me? So, so I, don't, I don't assume that when I'm teaching on healing, I don't assume people know God's will because I know where a lot of people stand and I know all the wrong teaching that's just gone on for centuries that's, that's put these question marks in people's minds. But when it comes to all these other things in the Bible, you know, I, including myself, I haven't really dealt with starting out on the will of God. But it's just as important that we know about the will of God concerning favor, protection, uh, you know, prosperity, blessing, all uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit, everything. Uh, it's just as important to know the will of God about that and not just assume, you know, uh, I shouldn't just assume that people know, you know. So, uh, so I've been guilty of it myself. Um, so Jesus said, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. So you have to hear his words in order for them to abide in you. So you got, you got to listen to the CDs, you got to read the Bible, you got to use these resources. Uh, you know, I would say minimum, read one chapter a day in the Bible. And don't just bounce around and randomly <coughs> choose a chapter here, a chapter there. 
preferably start out in the New Testament, Matthew, and read a chapter a day. I'm on Revelation, I think, 18 right now. And I'm about to finish, and when I do, I'm going back to Matthew, and I'm going to start all over. And I can't say that I never miss a day, but I'm pretty diligent about it. That's, that needs to be the minimum. Brother Copeland says you need to listen to at least one CD every single day on a teaching on faith or whatever area you, you need to receive from God. So all these are avenues whereby God makes his will known to us. So we have to hear the word before it can abide in us. The uh, New Century Version says, if you remain in me and follow my teachings, you can ask anything you want and it will be given to you. God's Word translation says, if you live in me, and what I say lives in you, then ask for anything you want, and it will be yours. So asking's involved, but it's not step one. Now, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Why is this condition of my word abiding in you and you abiding in him, why is that condition attached to the front? Because if you live in him and his words live in you, you are going to know his will. If you abide in him and his word abides in you, you're going to understand what the will of the Lord is for you. And you're not going to be always questioning and up and down and maybe it's his will and maybe it's not his will, you know. You're going to know what the will, what his will is. And that's why the word, establishing it on the word, is like a safety net. <laughs> Because when the word abides in you, it ensures that you are asking according to God's will. You're not asking some loony, far out something, you know. That's why the word is like an, 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 a guarantee or a safety net. So when people ask, how do you know it's God's will? They're not spending any time in the Bible. Because God's word is his revealed will. And if his words abide in you, you're going to know his will. So, the word keeps your wants in line with God's will. That's why the New Century Version says, If you remain in me and follow my teachings, you can ask anything you want and it shall be given to you. So the word, when you know God's will and you pray according to God's will, it's, it, it keeps your wants in line with God's will. So you're not going to be praying something that's not God's will. Can you see that? That's why it's so important to have the word for it. When You know, you can say, I found it in the word. Jesus bought and paid for me to have it. You know it, you pray the prayer, and you know he heard you. So when the devil comes along and says, it's not God's will for you to have this, you're not going to get it, you can just laugh. 
because the word abides in you and you can say, devil, you've come too late. You know, I've already got inside information and he'll just go somewhere else because he's wasting his time on you. you, you he, he can't keep you doubting the will of God about this thing anymore because you've already settled it in your heart from the word of God and he'll just go somewhere else. Hallelujah. So now I mentioned uh, earlier there are, are some things in life we need to know the will of God about that you can't just turn in the Bible and find the answer. And uh, we'll just spend a few minutes on that because that's important. We'll talk a lot more about that when we, we do some more uh, study on being led by the Holy Spirit because that's really where that comes into play. When you can't just turn to the Bible and find the answer to God's will, we got to have the witness of the Holy Spirit. Uh, John 6, 38. John 6, 38. So I'm not going to expand too, too much on this. Um... John 6:38 Jesus said for I came down from heaven not to do mine own will but the will of him that sent me In order to be led by the spirit of God you have to be willing to be led by the spirit of God and you have to be willing to do whatever he leads you to do So we have to be willing we have to have a willing heart and we have to say, Lord, I'm willing to do your will. When you don't know his will, just, just say, Lord, I'm willing to be willing. That's really all he wants. He just wants you to be willing. And, and, you know, do you love me enough to trust me? So God created you. He knows your strengths. He knows your graces. He knows your inclinations. He knows where you fit. So let's say this out loud. Not my will. Not, Not my will, will, but your will be done. But your will be done. Hallelujah. Now that's easy to say when it's just theory. You know what I mean? But when, when you're making a, a life-changing decision that's really going to affect your life, like moving from America to England, you know, you got, this is where you, you we're going to find out if you really love God and you're really willing or you're just being religious. You know, uh, let's turn to John seven seventeen. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Now the NIV says, if any man chooses to do God's will. Does anybody have the NIV? Yes. Okay, what does it say? If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out will. whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Okay. So he's saying, if any man uh, chooses to do my will, he will know whether this is of God or whether I just made this up. That's basically what, what he's saying. So, 
wherever, however, whatever. Before you can hear from God, you have to be willing to receive whatever answer he's going to give you. And, and uh, this requires a willing heart. You know, people say, well, Lord, if you'll just tell me what it is, then I'll decide whether I want to move to Newcastle or not. You know what I mean? If you just tell me what you want me to do, then I'll decide if I want to keep my job or quit my job and go back to school. But that's not the way it works. We have to say, Lord, I'm willing to quit my job and go back to school, or I'm willing to, to leave this job and take that job. And then he's going to show you, but he's not going to show you, and then you get to decide. It doesn't work that way. So, in these areas of knowing God's will, where you can't just turn to the Bible and find God's will, uh, this, this puts a halt to the speed praying. You know what I mean? You can't speed prayer these kind of things and find out. It's going to take more than five minutes praying in your bedroom to find out these kind of, uh, to find out the will of God about these uh, areas of life. Uh, it may take weeks. It may take, take months before you're settled in your heart. This is what God wants me to do. You know, Lord, if you want me to stay here the rest of my life, that's fine with me. You want me to stay in this job for the rest of my life, that's fine with me. You know, you're smarter than I am. You know where I fit. You know my strengths. You know my inclinations. You know my gifts. You know, if you don't want me to do it, I won't do it. That, that's being willing. Uh, you know, every place has its good points and its bad points. Uh, I mean, even Hawaii, you know, I don't, I'm sure it has some bad points. I don't know what they would be, you know. I don't know what bad points Hawaii would have. If God, you know, everybody would say, oh yeah, I'll go to Hawaii. But I imagine Hawaii has some bad points. But this is a thing. I don't care how good Hawaii is, and I don't care how beautiful it is. If it's not God's will for you to be in Hawaii, after a few days, you're going to be miserable. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're out of the will of God. So um, he just wants us to be willing. Uh, you know, if you're retired, I haven't found the word retired in the Bible yet. <laughs> but those of you that consider yourself to be retired... You may have just completed one phase of your life. God may have another phase for you. I mean, Moses didn't start his ministry till he was 80 years old. All that, all that first 79 years was just preparation for his ministry that started at 80 years. And I heard Brother Hagen say he had been uh, pastoring various churches, little country churches, for, I don't know, 10 years at least, something like that. And the Lord began to deal with him about quitting pastoring and going uh, into like a traveling ministry and starting Rhema Bible Training Center in Tulsa. And he'd already been in the ministry like 10 or 15 years. And the Lord says, you're about to start the first phase of your ministry. <laughs> and he almost... He said, what? You mean, he said, I mean, I've been preaching for 
15 years and I'm just starting the first phase of my ministry. All that other was preparation and probably not the perfect will of God for him. But, faith, but the next phase was going to be the perfect will of God for him. So, so, you know, just say, Lord, you know, you want me to start a new business? Fine. You want me to go to school? You want me to go into the ministry? You want me to keep stay where I am? You know, it's just can you trust God when you can't see how this could happen? Amen. So let's let's stand up and let's let's just uh, commit this to the Lord. Hallelujah. Step one of faith that receives. You want to say it? Understand the will of God. Okay. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's say this out loud. Father God. Father God. I desire. I desire. By faith I delight. By faith I delight. To do your will. To do your will. I'm willing to be willing. I'm willing to be willing. And by faith. And by, and by faith, I choose to do your will. I choose to do your will. You said when I do that, you said when I do that, I would find out, I would find out what is God, what is God, and what is just man, and what is just man. I thank you for showing me this. I thank you for showing me this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise God. Was that? Yeah, you got time. Oh, good. Thank you.